No fish have been harmed in the making of this podcast. Thank you for joining in on Talking Bass and PDX. The Bass and Warm Water Forum, where we talk fishing in the Northwest. Hi, I'm Don Clark, and I'll be your host. Before we get to our guest, let's talk about fall fishing here in the Northwest. You can tell that fall's on the way. The leaves are turning, but the fishing conditions have been very good for bass and walleye. The water temperature has not dropped very fast, even though we are into November. But it is changing, and it is going to be getting cooler, and we will take a little break from fishing and uh, have a year-in review coming up here very soon. You know, I'd also like to thank Peeler Custom Rods for being a great partner to this show. You'll hear more about Peeler Custom Rods coming up in just a few minutes. Well, as we kick off our interviews, let's kick it off with Greg Marshall. Now, many of you have been listening to Greg for most of this year, talking about the results from Oregon kayak bass fishing with his update, and here he is. Well, Greg, welcome to the podcast today. I've been looking forward to our kayak update. You know, we missed uh, last month, so how are things been going for you? Don, they're going well. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, we've had some things going on, each of us, in our personal lives, so glad to be back at it and uh, looking forward to 2023. Well, great. Yeah, 2023 looks a lot brighter than uh, how we're going to finish up 2022, but we just keep moving ahead, and let's get right to your report for folks. All right, so it's been a while, as we said, so let's kind of start off with the last tour event for Oregon Kayak Bass Fishing which was tour event number five. So that took place back on September 17th uh, at Takenich Lake. Uh, I think it's a coastal lake. I didn't actually attend. We had, uh, in that event, we had 28 anglers competing, and we had 143 fish submitted. Uh, the reports that I got was hence of fall, uh, although we know later that October and the end of September was quite warm here in the northwest, but um, you know, they had fish biting, um, 19 out of the 28 managed a, a limit of five fish. Um, so the way the standings war broke down was Jason McClure nabbed his first Oregon kayak bass fishing win. Uh, that was bolstered by a 17.25-inch largemouth kicker. And just a reminder for your listeners, kayak fishing utilizes uh, what's called a catch board. It's a measuring stick, if you will. Uh, so we measure, we do, you know, um, uh, photograph, catch, and release, CPR. And so uh, we do everything by inches and not by weight. So, again, uh, his uh, large mouth was a 17.5. Uh, Kyle Dixon took second place. Uh, his first appearance in, a, uh, uh, in 2022, he had a 16.25-inch kicker. And Brandon Wong, we should all know that name at this point, he took third. This was his third time in the top three this year in the five events that we have. And he had a 17.5-inch kicker. Again, not bad for a rookie. Uh, and in, so in this particular case, because of the number of participants, we actually had a payout for fourth place, and that went to Keegan Pankratz. Uh, he rounded up the money with uh, a 15-inch kicker. So um, the way that all worked out, so just kind of what the payouts looked like. So Jason took first place. His total bag was 75.5 inches. His payout was $1,225, not bad for a day's fishing. Kyle, uh, second place again, his total bag was 74.75 inches. 
with a payout of $500. Brandon Waugh, 72.25 inches with a $200 payout. And Kagan got 71.5 inches on a $75 payout. Uh, the next adventure Big Bass winner went to Jason Price. His Big Bass was an 18-inch. He paid out three, uh, $375.50. So that's kind of what happened with the, our last uh, event there at Takanich. Uh If you don't mind, Don, I'm going to talk about a few other things that have taken place since then. Oh, One wow. of the uh, things that we get to do, well, once you qualify, and again, remember, Kayak Fishing Northwest includes Washington, Oregon, and Idaho chapters. Uh, and then so what happens is if you place, and I don't have all the exact details at this point, but if you place, I think it's in the top three in any of the tour events of, of any of the state chapters uh, and some of the online, you qualify for what's called the uh, Kayak Bass Classic. And this year that took place up at Lake Wallula, um, which is, if you remember right, we had that big event back in May at the same location. Uh, so the uh, this so the 2022 kayak uh, kayak fishing Northwest kayak bass classic was brought by Jackson Kayak. They were the main sponsor there. Uh, the reports I had was an amazing two days of competitive uh, kayak or bass fishing on the Columbia River. Uh, the best from the three states showed up to compete in the invitational tournament that they hold every fall. Weather was uncharacteristic uncharacteristically warm and mild. Uh, the wind can be rough in that area as we know, but they lucked out. Uh, the full moon meant most fish were chewing at night and less interested in the morning, but anglers managed to coax some good ones into the boats. Uh, the mosquitoes were out in force, according to uh, a lot of people. Um, they actually had to reach down and scratch their ankles, apparently. Anyway, so 294 fish total in the two-day tournament uh, from the 17 anglers. Uh, day one had Andrew Larson took the early lead on Saturday and basically was untouchable for the rest of the day mostly in part because he had a 20-inch largemouth, which actually ended up being the biggest pass of the tournament as well. He also had a 19.25-inch smallmouth. Uh, Andrew finished day one at 86.25. Patrick Kelly was, a, was closest with 84 inches, so that was a pretty big spread there. Um, day two, uh, again, Andrews took the lead for a while in the mid-morning, uh, but a slew of angers made a run at the top spot throughout the day, leaving Andrew in fourth by the end of the day. Uh, Josh Duggar, Josh, uh, excuse me, Jordan Duggar uh, finished seventh on Saturday, but things came together for him on Sunday. Uh, he was first angler on the board uh, just six minutes into the competition. He had a full five fish uh, bag in 30 minutes on Sunday. Uh, the final turned out to be, after all the judging was done, three anglers came out on top and took the money. He had Andrew Larson. Uh, he kept the uh, challengers at bay and held on to win. Uh, win. Jordan had an amazing Sunday, as I mentioned, uh, took second place, and Michael Mumford, uh, with some pretty uh, substantial comeback heroics, came in uh, third place. So the winners for uh, the uh, Kayak Bass Classic is Andrew Larson. Two-day total was 172 inches. His payout, $3,000. Jordan Duggar, two-day total, 167.75 inches, payout, $750. Michael Mumford, two-day uh, two bag, 166.75 inches, payout $250. And as I mentioned, Andrew Larson had big bass of the tournament, 20 inches. That netted him an additional $358. Um, always a great tournament. Uh, these are some sticks that uh, get at it. And as you can see, they, they uh, battled in, this, in the uh, uh, 2022 Kayak Fishing Northwest Kayak Bass Classic by Jackson Kayak. 
And then the last event I want to talk about, Don, is the Kayak Fishing Northwest Charity Fish Fund. So we always end the season by doing a charity event uh, for Heroes on the Water. And this is an event where anglers sign up. They go out and find uh, people to sponsor them, to, to make donations. And you can do it a number of different ways. You can do, you know, it's a 10-bag uh, tournament. It's a single-day event. And uh, it's a pick-your-day event. So in this case, you pick your day, you catch your 10 fish, and then however you uh, establish with your donate, donations uh, to how they pay out. It can be total inches, total number of fish. You can, you can slice it and dice it any way you want. Um, and it just kind of, you know, it was a, it was a, a great tournament. Uh, we had a total of 12 anglers and 64 fish total, uh, were submitted. Uh, this is a, even though it's a charity fish-a-thon, uh, this does pay out. And so there's a buy-in and there are some prizes, et cetera. Um, but so the way that kind of worked out here in this case was uh, Kagan, uh, who I mentioned before, he got his 10-bag limit. He ended up with a total of 120 inches with a payout of $135. Marvin Forday, uh, 107.75 inches with a payout of 56.25. And Kevin Robert Frank with a 63-inch bag paid out 33.75. Kagan got big bass with 19.25. That was an additional $95. So a uh, huge thank you to the sponsors of the charity uh, Fishathon, NRS for donating. So that one of the there was a prize which is a NRS Cuda 106 inch uh, or the 106 uh, inflatable SUP. Uh, Maverick Adventures first stop uh, donating gift cards and Dwayne Wally at Tourney X for the support of the Fishathon as well. So we just want to give a shout out to everybody. Uh, the Fish and the Fishathon collected money for Heroes on the Water and our sponsors. So that kind of wraps up, Don, uh, the events, the actual live events um, for 2022. I just kind of want to kind of go over a few things and, and mention a few names. So we're going to start out with, uh, we're going to talk about Angler of the Year, the AOI. We do run AOI points throughout the year. Uh, and every time you're in an event, whether it's online, so you have online as well as live events. And this year, the LKBF, and I'm just going to talk about uh, Oregon at this point. So the Oregon Kayak Bass Fishing Online Angler of the Year is David Melendez. Uh, David held a steady lead most of the season. Uh, final scores, uh, I, I think he ended up uh, w with about a 16-point lead. Uh, so pretty commanding win there for David. Um, and then so, you know, there was a payout for that. Again, I don't have that information in front of me, actually. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, congratulations to uh, David. Um, David uses a motorized kayak, so he doesn't get to fish a lot of the live events. However, we'll talk in just a moment why that will be changing for 2023. And let's talk about uh, Oregon Kayak Bass Fishing Tournament Angler of the Year, online in the live event. He's also the Rookie Angler of the Year. You've heard me mention his name multiple times throughout just about every podcast this season, Don. And so this year's winner is Brandon Waugh. You know, Brandon took, again, Tour Angler of the Year and Rookie of the Year. Stunning year for Brandon. Uh, you know, he took second place at Lake Wallula, fifth at Applegate, uh, first at Boone's Ferry, third at Tockenich. You know, just really super consistent. So, you know, Brandon came from the, the boat world, the big boat, the glitter boat world, as we like to call it. So he had some experience. It wasn't really quite a rookie, but it was his first year as a kayak. I think Brandon will be the first to tell you that there's a 
very substantial difference in fishing from a kayak versus fishing from uh, a bass boat. You know, with a bass boat, you can run 20 miles at 70 miles an hour. you got to figure out how to use the water that's in front of you in a kayak, and you're not going to go much more than about three or four miles at any given day. So congratulations to Brandon for Rookie of the Year and uh, OKBF Tour Angler of the Year. And as a matter of fact, if you uh, continue listening to the podcast after we're done with this report, uh, I actually have Brandon on right after this. So that'll you'll be able to hear exactly how he worked that, that water and, uh, and how he won. So back to your report. Great to know that you got a chance to, to interview Brandon. I'll be looking forward to hearing that. So I just got to do a, want a quick wrap-up. Uh, 2022, uh, a great year for kayak fishing Northwest. All three chapters, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, had increases in membership. Uh, we expect that to increase next year as well. Um, great opportunities. We had some outside tournaments coming through our area with uh, Native doing their thing, and NRS having a, a, a special open at um, oh in Idaho back in June, which I had a fantastic time at. So if you've ever ever thought about fishing from a kayak, 2023, I would highly recommend it. Membership is already open online. If you go to the KFNW or Kayak Fishing Northwest, you can get the information you need. We have multiple Facebook pages that we communicate throughout the year. I uh, just kind of want to summarize really quick, you know, overall payouts for Kayak Fishing Northwest. Uh, I think these numbers will surprise a lot of people. The tournament director, I talked with the tournament director, uh, Marvin Forte, in between the three units, so Kayak Fishing Northwest had over $85,000 in cash payouts in 2022. That's a pretty substantial number for people that can't think or for, you know, supposedly there's no bass in the Northwest. Yet $85,000 was paid out in cash alone. And, again, those are just KFNW. That's not counting the NRS or the Native payouts, which, if you remember right, Native had that $1,000 power hour, biggest fish of the year, or biggest fish of each hour got paid out $1,000. Uh, there was also an additional $10,000 in prizes uh, given out at each of the uh, live events. Yes, if you just divide that by three, in Oregon alone, that's approximately $32,000 in cash and prizes paid out in the 2022 season. So it's not a small amount of opportunity to pay for your fishing uh, in in the kayak fishing world. I would, again, encourage everybody, uh, if you want to find out more information, go to KFNW. There's a lot of us there. You can reach out to me either through Don or through through Facebook or uh, different social media outlets. And just know that it's a very, it's a great group of guys. And it's not just this bass thing that we do. We stay connected throughout the year. So, for example, here in November, I know of a couple of different opportunities where several of us uh, are going to meet up and go fish in the Oregon area, Oregon area for some walleye. That's in a couple weeks. We're going to do a sturgeon sleigh ride, uh, I think, on Black Friday. So we all stay connected throughout the year. We're not just bass fishermen. Uh, we just want to be on the water in our kayaks, and we have a blast doing it. So, Don, that's kind of 2022 in a nutshell. Uh, I'll throw it back to you and answer any questions you might have. Well, the big question that I have had uh, emailed in several times was a rule change that is coming for next year. Maybe you can talk about that for just a moment. They're going to allow electric motors on kayaks for next year. Is that correct? 
That is correct. So I did mention that earlier that David, you know, was challenged because he has a motor on his kayak, so he can't do it. He could not participate in the live events. Opens, we allowed them, but not in the live events. But back in May, when we had the event in Lake Wallula that combined all three of the chapters at that one spot, a vote was taken and uh, um, resoundingly passed that starting in 2023, electric motors will be allowed. So that opens up a lot of opportunity. So, you know, you can search it, Google it on Facebook or, or you know, Google it. And, well, a lot of people can make modifications to the pedal kayaks that they currently have. Different manufacturers like Old Town continue to build um, model-specific with motors in them. For example, I have an Old Town Autopilot 136 that comes with a Minkota motor built into the nose. A lot of people are looking at a lot of different motors. So if you want any information about motors, a great place to go would be uh, Next Adventure. I know they have the Newport in. Uh, I think they can get you the XI3, which a lot of guys are, are modifying their kayaks to do. So you don't have to buy a specific kayak like my 136. You can modify a Hobie. You can modify a Jackson. You can modify a lot of these different kayaks. Um, and there's a lot of different tutorials on YouTube, et cetera, on how to do that. And so 2023 will be the first year that motors will be allowed. It opens it up for a lot more opportunity for people. Uh, the schedule is yet to be out, but I'm really looking forward to utilizing that 136 and not having to pedal as much. Well, I can't wait for our, your reports for next year as we make that big change in kayak fishing. I hope that brings more people uh, into kayak fishing. It uh, seems to be very, very popular, and I do get several questions per month about kayak fishing. When it comes to fishing techniques, I try to help them out. So thanks for your report, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Don. We'll talk to you in 2023. Well, and there he goes. I'd like to thank Greg for his time. I know that he's busy, and he and I have to get together each month and put together that update, and I am sure happy that we are able to get that information out. It is great to hear some of the great places that these folks are going fishing. And if you listen in, you will know some of the names of these places that they are going out and getting really nice bass to catch and release. Now let's hear a bit more about Peeler Custom Rods. The most important equipment you have when you are fishing is your rod and reel. If it's time to replace that old rod, or upgrade it, let Peeler Fishing Rods build you the best so that you can catch your personal best. Brandon and his team make the process very easy. Start by visiting their website at peelerfishing.com. Check out the custom bass rods, freshwater rods. PFR can even make that custom salmon and steelhead rod that you're looking for. Next, click on the build form so that you can start building that custom rod. From custom grips, custom guides, and even custom thread wrap colors, don't forget PFR can personalize your new rod with custom decals. As you're looking through the rod collection, don't forget to click on Fish Bum Apparel. They have long sleeve and short sleeve tees, along with great looking hoodies. As you're looking through their collection, don't forget the artwork is great. Don't wait to start building your custom rod today at peelerfishing.com. 
Do you have an older rod that needs updating? Email Brandon and his team, and they'll put new life into that old rod with new custom guides and new decals. And, of course, all PFR custom rods come with a lifetime warranty. Best of all, you're buying local, right here in Oregon. For all the Talking Bass in PDX listeners, use code fish to catch at checkout for a 25% discount on your new custom rod. Please visit peelerfishing.com and tell them that you heard about Peeler Fishing Rods on Talking Bass in PDX. I know Brandon and his team are looking forward to building you that one-of-a-kind custom fishing rod. Well, now let's talk about our guest, and he is a local northwest young man that is taken up bass fishing and you will hear his story coming up he is the 2022 oregon kayak bass fishing live event angler and a rookie of the year brandon wah and he has a great story let's get right to brandon well brandon i'd like to welcome you to the podcast today how are you Thank you. I'm doing great. How about yourself, Don? You know, I'm doing great. Uh, tournament time starting to wind down, kind of starting to get in that cooler part of the uh, the year. And but I think when they hear the two awards that you've won this year, I think it'll be kind of exciting uh, that I've had you on the show. But before we get to all of that, let's get to how did you start fishing in in your early age? Yeah. So. Um, I'm sure my story can be very similar to a lot of people. I actually started fishing because of my father when I was very young. He's been an angler for for many years, and he would always take me to the local bodies of water. Uh, we've had several boats in the family throughout my entire life, and anywhere from you know just going out to do some shad fishing out on the Willamette or. Uh, sturgeon fishing on the Columbia River. I did not initially start bass fishing. Uh, a lot of it was your typical Pacific Northwest species, crappie, trout, again, sturgeon. I've gone out to the coast and surfed perch with my father many times when I was younger. Uh, just and, and it's really all because of him. He's the one who started it, got my love for the passion of fishing since I was little, and uh, it kind of just went on from there. Well, and being a Northwest native, you know, kind of kind of going off into warm water fishing is uh, kind of going against the uh, against the grain a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing about myself is I like to do something a little bit different from everybody else. So obviously, the Pacific Northwest, primarily being a cold water fishery, um, you know, I just felt like bass fishing was something that wasn't as highlighted, I guess you could say, and definitely something that I really picked up on just because I like being a little bit different from everybody else, and it definitely has been uh, super fun in the process. Well, and that's great, and the fact that your dad took you fishing, I am sure built a lot of memories for you of fishing when you were young, but now that you're starting to get a little bit older, what drew you to bass fishing? I think it's the complications that comes with it, right? I mean, um, the fact that bass fishing is more of a combat sport, it takes more than just throwing the same thing every single day on the water. 
Um, the logistics are really that goes into it as well. I mean, it's just every day you go on the water, it, it's never the same thing. Um, the fact that it's really a small portion of the sport fishing in the Pacific Northwest, I I love to be able to grow the sport of bass fishing up here and kind of shine some light because if you think about across the nation, I mean, bass fishing is a it's a huge sport. It's huge compared to what's in the Pacific Northwest. And being able to bring that type of perspective in the Pacific Northwest is something definitely that, you know, I love to do. Oh, absolutely. If you look at bass fishing in, you know, any of the Midwest or down in the South, I mean, it is um, it is huge. And the one thing that I've noticed about the Northwest, and maybe that you have too, is that although our our bass fishing on the rivers and coastal lakes uh, and, and some of the waters up in, in Washington are very, very good. It's like the best kept secret in the world and it's slowly starting to get out. And it is, uh, it is one of those things that do you think that bass fishing in the, in the Northwest will start to grow to a point where maybe some of those bigger tournaments in the, in the East will come out here. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I've I've had a lot of experience fishing a lot of different organizations, and one of the tournament directors from Wallace Bass Trail, Randy, he's been all across the nation being a tournament director. And within the last couple of years alone, uh, an organization like Wallace Bass Trail has been coming up to Tri-Cities, Arlington, that nature, and, and that's media coverage, nationwide coverage. And he says it all the time. You know, the Columbia River is one of the best smallmouth fisheries in the nation. It just doesn't get the spotlight. And I think that's just a small example that shows what's to come. And there's rumors that another big organization is supposed to come to the Pacific Northwest in 2023. So I think that just shows a small small section of what's to come for the Pacific Northwest. And we are definitely getting people under the radar. Well, that is... Good to hear. I love to hear that this sport is growing, and I really do believe that most bass fishermen, and I think you can agree with me on this one, is they, they really take care of their fisheries, and that is one of the other things that I that I care about is I like fishing, and I like to fish a lot, but I like to take care of our fisheries and be good stewards of, of our fishery. Absolutely. I mean, conservation is so key, and that's why, you know, us as warm water anglers, bass anglers, you know, it's our important thing is catch and release, right? We we don't catch to keep and to cook, you know, as far as bass goes. I mean, we're, we're limited enough with what we have, and uh, just being able to, you know, keep these fish alive so that the next generation or generations to come is super important. And I, I think that's something that is a little different from what is known for the Pacific Northwest and definitely something that we all should, you know, spread the love about and try to influence others to think the same. Oh, absolutely. Can't can't agree with you more. Now, as you got into bass fishing, who was one of your bigger mentors that kind of showed you the way and got you into into bass fishing? I there's there's so many that I probably could list. I've I've been fortunate enough in the nine years eight to nine years of tournament fishing to be able to 
fished with many great anglers and a lot of them, I mean, I can't thank enough for teaching me the differences over time, right? I, I tell people all the time, I'm a culmination of everybody I've ever fished with. Everybody has a single skill that they are just really good at and I've been fortunate to learn from them over time. I think probably my biggest mentor is one of my one of my best buddies, Lane Olson. Um, I've, I've known him for quite some time and we fished plenty of time together. Uh, we would spend hours talking together while he's driving on the road, fishing the major or fishing the tackle warehouse pro circuit and, you know, just talking about fishing techniques and stuff. And definitely got to give credit to him. He, uh, he, he knows a lot of things about bass fishing. It's helped me a lot. And that's got to be so interesting to to sit and talk with somebody, whether they're traveling or they're you know they're getting to a tournament, and they're they're giving you those little inside tips uh, of when you get in this situation, fish this way, or or throw over here and you'll 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 get one that kind of thing, and that is that is such a a great help I think to talk through uh, fishing. I I had a friend that that uh, did the same thing for me. Uh, unfortunately, he has passed, but uh, it is it is just so much fun just to sit and talk, and it takes it takes time too. So I can imagine that you spend a lot of time on the phone talking about all the different situations that you get into. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's one of the best things about the bass fishing community. We can just sit down and talk bass fishing. Have you tried this? Have you thrown that? I mean, anytime at a tournament me and whoever is, you know, a fellow bass angler, you would just see one bait or, you know, a pack of plastics, whatever it is, and say, you know, how do you rig that up? How do you, like, throw it? Stuff like that. All that stuff is intriguing, and I think it's just, you know, one big reason why the bass fishing community is so so fun to be with. Yeah, absolutely. Now, once you got bass fishing and you you really started to enjoy it. How did you get into tournament fishing? Because that's a that's another level that changes your entire focus on what you're doing. Yeah, so to go back a little bit, I think it was about nine years ago, um, actually a little before that, where, again, because of my father, we used to go out to the Snake River out in eastern Oregon and Idaho to go crappie fishing. And um, I remember it was, God, that was a long time ago, but uh, we would just spend our evenings throwing crappie jigs at little little bushes and twigs that are in the water and catch smallmouth using these crappie jigs. And one of our last days going out there, uh, we were coming back into the boat launch, and there was a bass boat tournament that took off. And that really sparked it for me because I was like, that is super cool, and I want to know more about it. So coming back home to Hillsborough, Oregon, where I live currently, um, I did a lot of research and found out that Hag Lake, which is 25 minutes from me, had bass in it. I walked probably every single square inch of that lake looking for bass and just expanded to local ponds and stuff. And going to 2013, I went to Oregon State University and saw that they had a bass fishing club. And from there, I just kind of joined the club and found out that there was these things called tournaments and I joined it and fished my first tournament at Clear Lake, California, which I got 10th place and ended up making it to nationals at Lake Chatug 
for the Bassmaster College Series. So that's really what kicked it off for me. Wow, that's a, a great story, you know, and I and I have interviewed some of the past and present uh, Oregon State uh, team members. In fact, the president was on not too long ago, and that is just a, a great group to join, and I I know that they, they uh, do a lot of smaller tournaments, but when you do get the chance to go to the bigger tournaments, you really opens your eyes to what's out there and what what the rest of the bass world is all about. Absolutely. I mean, it's when I first did college fishing, I think it was, it was already an established circuit, but what it is now compared to back then is crazy. I mean, you think about people are getting full ride scholarships to go fish at universities. It's crazy how much, that really just drives the younger generation to becoming, you know, pro anglers later in the day. It's a great stepping stone into the fishing industry, and it's it's just really growing as is. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope it continues to grow, and and I hope that the college circuit, you know, gets a little more TV time so that other folks can see what's out there because I think that young people coming up, with all of the distractions that we have from video games to screen time to everything that you can imagine, I hope that they get into fishing and that they that they start to enjoy it. And if a few of them can make, um, you know, make some money out of it, hey, more power to them. I hope that that happens. Well, as your tournament career started and you got out of college, now you were, you were fishing a lot of local tournaments, weren't you? Yeah, so actually while I was at Oregon State, you know, we only had two or three tournaments scheduled per year, and all of them were in California, obviously. But um, I decided to look, look into some local tournaments and found that there were club tournaments. You know, a lot of this information you can find on Google. Google and YouTube has always been my best friend growing up, trying to learn the ins and outs of bass fishing. Um, and I started off fishing as a co-angler at Central Valley Bass Club, and um, that just really turned into kind of everything I've done locally. Uh, the first year, I only fished a couple tournaments, but the year after that, I fished every single tournament that year and won co-angler of the year, and I believe that was 2017. And, that was, I mean, that was just a fun season. It really gave me that boost I needed to kind of feel like that maybe bass fishing and tournament fishing was, you know, a thing for me to do. Um, after that, I went, I went to 503 Bassers. Shout out to Craig Robin and Jason Patton for starting that club. And in 2018, fished all the tournaments that year, got coming the year again. So that was two back-to-back years. And I fished 503 Bassers in 2019, and again, got coined of the year through that as well. So it's been a fun learning experience, getting to know everybody in the community, and you know, making friends for life. Well, absolutely. You, you know, once you make those friends, it is something that you know you can call on some of those folks. You know, whenever you need a help. Now, to make the to to win co angler of the year sounds like three times at least. That is some tough fishing. You've got to learn how to fish around the boater. You've got to 
find your own spots when they're taking all of the good ones. How did you do that? Well, a lot of those tournaments were a team format. So um, I want to say I was trying to catch fish around everybody, but, you know, it just it just shows, like, the power of teamwork and being able to communicate and work together. Uh, for me, it was really more of, like, a great learning experience, right? Again, I've, I've fished with plenty of people, you know, in my co-angler days and learning a little bit from everybody, but also learning how to work with the situation that has come in those tournaments. Uh, not everybody has the same fishing style, so it just creates adversities and allows me as an angler to learn a little bit more about everything bass fishing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there are as many types of uh, fish or anglers out there as there are people. Uh, I have been with several uh you know, uh, bass people or tournament fishermen, and every one of them fishes a little bit different. So you kind of have to adapt your style to what they're doing and maybe even grab a tip or two along the way, I'm sure. But let's talk a little bit about your techniques. Tell me a little bit about, you know, what rod do you like? What reel do you use? What tackle do you use? Yeah, so... Uh, currently, I'm working with Shimano and G Loomis, so my rods is a mix between both of them. Uh, primarily, if I'm fishing in a kayak or if I'm fishing as a co-angler, generally I'll go towards my G Loomis NRXs. My opinion, the best rods on the market. Uh, when you think of high-end rods, typically people are comparing your high-end rods to a G Loomis NRX. So that's primarily what I use. Um, but as far as reels, all Shimano, variations of each. Um, as an ambassador, you know, I feel like in order to give the best recommendation to people, you need to be able to use everything. So I'm not one of those anglers that has six of one model of reel and, you know, five of the other. I like to have variations in my arsenal so that I can give the best recommendations and um, best feedback to people if they are looking into something. Well, that is that is great information. So, it, folks, if you're out there and you you want to email in to to me and have a question for Brandon, hey, make sure you throw me an email at uh, gonefishingpdx at gmail dot com. I'll make sure I get the question to him. I will tell you though, I had a this past weekend, I got to go crappie fishing and I grabbed a rod that I never used, but I thought it would be fine. It's not a name brand rod. I did not bring the, the rods that I typically use, and I'll throw the two names out there that I use. I use a lot of uh, St. Croix, and I use a lot of uh, Peeler's custom rods. I grabbed one of the others, and we got out there and got fishing, and I'll tell you, it was um, next to the worst experience I ever had. I finally had to go back to the uh, motorhome. I had to grab a bass rod to go crap, crappie fishing, and it made for kind of a kind of a different weekend. So... I totally agree that you have to have a good piece of equipment if you're out there, and especially tournament fishing, because that's uh, you're trying to get the uh, the best that you can get out of out of your equipment. Now, what kind of terminal tackle do you like? Yeah, for terminal tackle. Um, all my hooks primarily are owner hooks. Um, one thing about myself is I will only use products that 
I strongly believe in, um, even if it's not a company that I work with. So I've been fortunate enough to be able to work with Owner Hooks since, and I started using their products way before that. So Owner Hooks is primarily what I use. Um, as far as baits, I use Z-Man. Uh, for me, I, with everything I use, I think about time on the water, right? So, you know, the more casts you can make, and this goes for rods, reels, and everything, right? Like your longevity and your ability to keep a line in the water is really what's important. So, for example, Z-Man, I mean, if I get bit, I know that I'm not going to lose a pincher, right? And that's less time to take off and go put a new bait on, etc. Every cast that you make is another chance to make a difference on your tournament day. So for me, I'll use all that time that I can fishing rather than fiddling around with tackle. And that is that is such important information. I hope everybody really paid attention to that because if that line's not in the water, you're not going to catch a fish. And even if you're just a weekend angler and you're out there on the Willamette or one of the coastal rivers and you're fishing, if it's not in the water, you're not going to catch anything. Um, there are weekends uh, because I'm still working, so I, I have to go out and, and fish uh, on the weekends. And I try to pack in as much as I can in a two- or three-hour period of time. So, yeah, t it totally makes sense that you would um, uh, want that line in the water. So Definitely. I'm, I'm going to expand on that, Don. Go ahead. Yeah, definitely. And for me, I've I've fished with plenty of different manufacturers of baits over time. And a lot of them are very similar to each other. So to me, I think that the last tech that comes in Z-Man products makes a huge difference. I mean, I've thrown the same bait compared to other manufacturers and I've got, you know, the same quality fish. So to me, having that last tech to last longer, on one bait throughout a day is a huge difference, and that's why I believe in Z-Man products. Well, yeah, and that's important for folks to understand that when you find a brand that you really like. Now, I happen to have a particular brand of a craw that I like to throw, it's, and it catches a lot of fish for me. And I'm not going to name the brand because it wouldn't be fair to them, but it doesn't last very long. It's very frustrating. But I've tried others, and I can't get them to work the same way, so I keep going back to them. But now when it comes to Z-Man products, I love their stuff for Ned Rig. I, I fish a lot of Ned Rigs, and I love using their their different baits because they, they, they work so well on that kind of fishing because you're down in the rocks a lot. So I, I, I totally agree with uh, with that. Now, as you've moved along in your career, you've gotten into tournament fishing with kayaks. How did you get moved to that? Yeah, so after doing the whole co-angling deal, and we'll go back a little bit on this, um, I decided to fish regionally uh, as a co-angler for Wildwood Bass Trail, so traveling up and down the West Coast fishing their tournaments. Uh, one one. I ended up winning one tournament with them in 2020, which was on the Columbia River in Tri-Cities, um, and got third for Angler of the Year that year. Unfortunately, a little bit after that, um, I ended up pulling my truck 
I had a 1997 Nitro Savage 912, which was a bass boat, 21-footer, and ended up fishing TBF with that. Got eighth place at TBF semi-nationals. But again, with my truck totaling, I was forced into a little corner where it was, okay, do I try to rebuild this truck and it might not be the same? Or do I just take this pause in my fishing career, sell the boat, get the insurance money for the truck, and get into something newer? So I made the tough decision to put my fishing career on pause and get a newer truck. And fortunately, with being able to make friends in the industry, I was able to get in touch with a company called Next Adventure, which I currently work with, and they gave me an awesome opportunity to give this kayak bass fishing a shot. So I ended up using some of their demo kayaks and competed in some openers, which got me hooked. And, well, that just sent me down a rabbit hole where I am today. <laughs> well, that's exciting because with with the types of fishing that you can do here in the Northwest, in fact, all over the United States, I think whether you're using a powerboat or a kayak brings their own challenges. And you know, currently I have a powerboat, and and I have only gotten to kayak fish a couple of times in, in borrowed kayaks, but I really like the fact that I can take the kayak and go right up to an area and fish it that I probably couldn't get a boat into. So that that's kind of interesting. But now, as far as getting into kayak tournament fishing, you and I were talking, I don't know, a few weeks ago. We were at an event together, and you kind of had to get pushed along to uh, to do that. How, tell me a little bit about that. When you say pushed along, what are you, what are you uh, trying uh, to Well, to, to, the... to fish the whole season. Wasn't there a little bit of uh, hesitation on your part to jump in full time on it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Um, yeah. So, you know, as a, as a full-time student and also working full-time, you know, my time is very limited as far as weekends go, but one of my good buddies, Matt Walker, he's been pushing me to do the kayak fishing thing for a while. And, um, you know, with the limited amount of time that I have to fish already, I decided, well, if I can limit my days to just fun fish and put that time towards certainly fishing, I can fish five events out of the year. So that's what I did. And, you know, it's, it's, it's completely a learning experience. Um, coming from a person who has had a 14-foot John boat with a little Minkota Edge trolling motor on the front, bow mounted, you know, it really wasn't too much of a difference for me. I've been in the situations getting blown around and all that. So, um, you know, the first term of the year, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. It was an open and ended up being paired with someone who was, who has more experience in kayak fishing, ended up picking that randomly. It was a, a draw and we ended up getting third place. I got big fish of the tournament. So my first kayak fishing tournament ended up winning some money. And I was thinking, man, this is maybe something I can do. So I said, okay, I will sign up for the whole season and give it a shot. Um, next month, we ended up fishing our first tournament, which was a tri-state tournament, the biggest turnout in the Pacific Northwest. 
we had over 100 kayak anglers fishing out of Tri-Cities, the Wallula Pool, and ended up getting second place in that event, got big fish of the tournament, came out with a little over $2,400 in winnings, and led Angler of the Year for Oregon because I was a top Oregon angler. So that really just kick-started everything for me. Uh, the amount of expenses that goes into it versus what you can earn and be able to make your own decisions on the water was big for me, and I think that just set it off. Yeah, now we'll explain. We'll expand on that in just a second. But um, for those folks who have been listening right along to Talking Bass and PDX, I've had one of the other kayak anglers giving uh, monthly reports each month this past summer. We're going to do a year in review here coming up. But you heard Brandon's name almost every month. Now, Brandon, not only did you get Angler of the Year for Oregon, but you also got Rookie of the Year. Is that right? Yes, that is right. So my sister's first year kayak fishing, even though all my buddies would say I'm not a rookie, technically I am a rookie in kayak fishing. So it's always fun having that conversation. But, yeah, I was fortunate to make uh, to place above fifth place throughout the entire year, technically win two events for Oregon and was able to come up on top for both titles. Yeah, no, it was uh it was exciting to watch your progress this year. I watched it on social media. Of course I would hear from Greg Marshall every month and I kept going, Man, this 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 new guy Brandon, where's he coming from? But uh like you said, technically you may not be a rookie at fishing, but you were a rookie at kayak fishing, so it's all paid off, right? I mean, it was um, it really helped to have some knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think of it as another way to create, uh, another way to add to my craft in fishing. I love the challenges of kayak fishing. I think it overall makes you a better angler because you're limited to what you can do. And uh, definitely something that I recommend to everybody to give it a shot. Well, absolutely. Now, one of the things that you said, and I want to get back to it, a couple things, actually, I want to cover. Uh, number one, you get to make your own decisions. Expand on that for me and tell me how that helps you. Yeah, definitely. You know, as a co-angler, I think it's a great learning experience, right? You're, you learn to deal with every single situation possible, fishing with different people. And then when you are you know, at the will of your own hand, you can fish to your fishing style or make your own decisions on the fly. If something's not working out, you can go somewhere else and nothing's holding you back. Um, you know, fishing the moment is something that I always preach to everybody. And to just keep your head on the swivel, right? Uh, not everything may work out. I have plenty of times this year where I thought plan A was going to work, plan B was going to work, and ended up on plan E because of that. So um, being able to just change things up on the fly and fish the moment, I think it definitely is beneficial. And one thing I love about kayak fishing is I can make my own decisions and fish my strengths. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you're saying, when you're a co-angler, you're going you're gonna to have to do what the boater wants to do, and you may or may not want to fish that area. Where if you're in, if you're in control of your kayak, you take it to where you want to go. Now, one other thing, and I didn't put this on our sheet that we were talking about, but I just want to get your opinion on it. The Kayak Northwest Group 
is changing a rule this year. I just want to get your opinion on going from, say, pedals to a electric motorized type kayak. How is that going to affect you? Uh, well, I tell you what, coming from someone who has been in Bass Coats for the last few years, I will definitely be taking part of the electric motors. Uh, there's several different ones you can go with, really three main brands, and um, I think it just adds to the fun in it, right? Um, one of the parts that is always tough is we're limited by where we can launch because you can only pedal so far, right? Um, a two-mile pedal is relatively about a 30-minute run for a kayak. Um, so having the, that ability to use a motor, an electric motor, gives you the ability to get spots faster. And for some of us who like to make these long runs, I like to get away from the crowd. I don't care if it's the best community hole on the body of water. I will get away from everybody for some, someone like me. Um, I think it benefits me because I am willing, I am able to make those longer runs to get away from the crowds. Yeah, I think being athletic like you are is is very helpful. But then you take uh, some of the folks that I have met in the kayak world. They're they're not young. I mean, they're um, you know, some of them are in their upper 50s or maybe even upper 60s, and they're still out there. But uh, I think that it's going to – I think it's going to improve the sport because I think it's going to bring more people to it. So I hope that happens. I definitely – yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, and definitely we've had some anglers from previous years who unfortunately had to stop because it's become a little too – athletic of an activity and you know some people are just can't keep up with it so i hope to see some of those people come back to it and see more join it because again you're fishing you're taking control of your day on the water at a more affordable price than owning a bass boat or any boat in that matter yeah unfortunately owning a bass boat uh i've seen a couple of new ones this year that were delivered and uh the, the the prices of the newer ones are becoming uh, just just a little bit high in my opinion. I mean they're they're neat boats. They're fast. They've got all the they've got everything on it that you'd ever want. But uh, the price tag's starting to get up there. Now one of the things that uh, you also brought up, and I kind of wanted to expand on this a bit because for people who are out there listening, maybe they want to get into tournament fishing and maybe they want to get into tournament kayak fishing. You made mention that that making money on it. How did you do that this year, and what's your advice? Yeah, so for anybody looking to get into tournament fishing, I mean, definitely do your research. Right? Google, YouTube, I mean, the Internet these days can give you loads of information. Look into your local clubs, fish as a co-angler. Again, I did not get to where I am today without the help of fishing with so many different people. Uh, like I said, I'm a culmination of everybody I've ever fished with, and, you know, I say thank you to them for that. So fishing as a co-angler, learning ins and outs, you know, making friends in the community so that you can spend more time on the water. And from there, you can start making the next step into making your own decisions on the water, whether you were like me who started off with a 14-foot John boat and had a little bow-mounted trolling motor, or, you know, getting your own boat where I had my own bass boat or getting a kayak, either or. Um, I think it's good to 
take the opportunity and have patience in the beginning to learn everything before you start making that next step. I think that's the most important thing where you won't be burning out the wallet and, you know, not seeing the results because, again, it's just like with any sport. you got to put in the work to see the outcomes come true. Oh, absolutely. Now, one of the things that I believe in, if anybody anybody who knows me knows, I am a research freak. I love researching things. It used to be my job. When I started looking into kayak fishing, the, one of the first things that I did is, as Brandon said, look at YouTube. But you can only do so much research on there. I highly recommend folks, if they are listening to the podcast and they want to know something about kayaks themselves, and you're in the Portland area or even in the northwest here, go down to um, Next Adventure and see the folks that are down there. They will show you the differences in kayaks, and there are vast differences. So even if you're going to go and look at a pre-owned unit, for example, go look at those at Next Adventure first because you want to get the best one that you can get. And the other thing that happens, which pay attention a little bit to social media, there are some of the anglers that are kayak fishermen that give seminars at Next Adventure, and I went to a couple of them. They can be very, very helpful for your knowledge base, finesse fishing, for example. So that is that is my piece of advice for, for starting kayak fishing. How about you, Brandon? Absolutely. The, the the nice thing about Next Adventure is that they have their own demo fleet at Scapoos Bay. Um, it's actually where I got my foot in my first kayak. So you can go down there, schedule a time to check out their amazing selection of, you know, your top products, the most popular products. And I give it a shot because, you know, just like if we were all to go to a car dealership looking for a vehicle, we want to test drive it to see if it fits us. We know the description and the bells and whistles, but does it really fit us as individuals? And something like that that Next Adventure offers is definitely the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, the first thing is to, you know, try the different uh, kayaks out because they do act a little different. I had used an older kayak the very first time I went out, and it had um, kind of poor handling characteristics. It worked okay for me, but I could have, told anybody after the day that I fished that I wouldn't be able to fish that in a, in a tournament because I like to move. I like to keep on the move all day long. And it, it was not, um, the, the pedal unit wasn't as good as what they have today. So make sure that you check those out. Well, you know, one of the things that happens when you're out there kayak fishing, you know, there's times when it gets a little tough. And I've heard the difference between a good angler and a great angler is attitude. And as a tournament angler, I know that you've probably encountered times when the fish become finicky, hard to catch, making it, you know, seemingly difficult to maintain your focus. And at those times, what steps do you do to keep your edge and what tools do you use to help you get back on track? Definitely. I think the main thing that for me is having experience with dealing with these scenarios. It does not get any easier but the more experience you have, the easier it is to deal with. Being able to switch things up when something isn't working and now forcing a bite that, you know, maybe is your favorite technique or whatever. And that comes down to having the ability to have 
different have strengths and different techniques is so beneficial to being on the water, right? Uh, not every fish is going to be tied to one specific bite. Being able to change things up on the fly, move to a different area, and throwing a different bait, I think, is really important. Uh, I'm not afraid to switch things up completely, even though I love throwing a bait caster in a day. If I have to go throw a drop shot or a Ned rig or throw a stick bait, I will do it. And I think that's really the thing that makes tournaments happen in a beneficial way compared to other times is figuring out the bite and not forcing something that's not going to happen. Well, that is that is great advice. And I think the most important thing that you said there, which I have watched people in my boat do this, and I will it drives me crazy. You'll be on a bite. For example, a couple summers ago, it was really hot. We left super early in the morning, like 4 o'clock in the morning to go fishing on the Willamette. We were throwing topwater bait, and the bite was great. I mean, we were knocking them dead. And then the bite dropped off, so I changed baits immediately. Um, and I went to a to a plastic, and I had another guy in the boat with me, and he wouldn't change, and he kept throwing the same bait, and it was a topwater bait, and he wasn't getting bit, and I could not convince him to go and change it out. So absolutely, I think that was a great piece of advice. If they're not biting, change, because they're there, but they're they're not liking what you're presenting. They're, they're looking for something else, because we have to remember that bass are opportunists and that they are looking for a good meal. So that's, that is super important. Uh, information. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if anybody were to see me on the water, um, guys always haggle me all the time because I will literally have eight to 10 rods in a 12 to 14 foot kayak because you just never know what the day might provide to you. And sometimes those first initial, you know, key baits that you typically use may not work. And having the adversity and ability to just change things up and try something different, I think is really important. I mean, I will have three Bass Mafia money bags full of different plastics, different colors, whatever it is, even though I know that maybe these three or four colors of these specific baits might work. Uh, just being able to have that ability to switch things up and do something different, I think, you know, has saved a lot of my tournament days uh, on the water. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a uh, a great piece of advice. You know, if you can afford several rods and reels, make sure they're all set up with different things and, and sometimes even different colors. I mean, I, I may have the same um, Ned rig set up, but I may have two or three rods set up with different colors because maybe they just don't like the color you're throwing. So sometimes I will I will change out. One of my, one of my best pieces of advice is, that ever came to me, and this is not fishing-related. This was work-related, but it applies so much to fishing. Fail fast. If it's not working, change it. Well, one of the other things I wanted to ask, because you have done quite a bit of tournament fishing this past year, which types of body of water do you enjoy the most? Are you more, do you like the rivers more? Do you like uh, lakes more? Which areas do you like? That is such a tough question. Uh, honestly, I love them all. Um, even some of the tournaments on the bodies of water that I have never been 
fans of this year prior. Um, I've actually had some great moments on it. Uh, two of them, for example, Tacknish Lake and the Upper Willamette River. Never been my best friends, but uh, I've had some great experiences on it this year. And I, it's really hard to pick it. Um, I think for smallmouth, definitely in a river system, uh, it's just hard to beat those smallmouth that year-round living current, and they're just hard fighting. But somewhere like potholes, where it's a completely different scenario, you know, it's a dune lake. Um, you can get lost in the dunes. It's primarily sand. Um, something different like that definitely catches my eye. And it's just nice to, you know, be able to fish a bunch of different places and um, and deal with the different scenarios that they come with. Every body of water has a different setup. And I think it just, you know, it, every day that you spend on these different bodies of water can just make you better as an angler, in my opinion. Well, that's great advice because you're right. It depends on where you're fishing. And I know that there is a couple lakes in Oregon, uh, particularly one. I love camping at this particular lake. I don't particularly like fishing it, although I will because uh, because it, it, it holds big bass. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to name it because that wouldn't be fair. Now, throughout the year, you were you caught large fish of several tournament as I re, several tournaments as I recall. What was your favorite uh, large fish that you caught this past year? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I think I'll definitely go to my biggest fish of the year, which was a largemouth, a little bit north of six pounds. Uh, it was at Wallula Tournament for Kayak Fishing Northwest, and I ended up getting me big fish. I went 20 and a quarter inches. Um, just a prime example of what the Columbia River has for largemouth. I mean, a six-pounder, it was short, but completely northern strain, just big body. And, uh, yeah, that was a fun one. I pitched a Z-Man Palmetto bug under this tree about 10 feet back. No place that a bait should be with 17-pound Seagarn Vizex. And I felt that fish bite. I set the hook, and all you could hear was just tree branches breaking. was able to get that fish out netted it and I couldn't believe it because I was literally fishing a small cove in that tournament and uh, fished that tree several times in that fish pit and yeah that was my biggest fish of the year so um, definitely that was a memorable one and obviously made some good money off that fish as well which is always a plus at the end of the day. Wow what an exciting story to, to throw into a tree and I'm sure you had your hands full too. Once that uh, once that hook was set, that thing was uh, was going everywhere, but where you wanted there for a few seconds. Definitely, yeah. Uh, that, being the biggest fish that I caught currently in a kayak, um, there's only so much you can do because that fish is trying to pull you in there when you're in a kayak. So another part about kayak fishing that's fun is dealing with you know, not getting pulled into those types of scenarios. And you have to make sure that you're pedaling back so that you can get a good tension on the fish. Um, so it, it was definitely a fun one. Yeah, you know, I hadn't even really thought about that in that you're you're doing several things at once. If you think about it, you're pedaling, possibly. You're 
you're trying to land the fish. You also have to land it by yourself because there's really no one there to help you. So you've got to have your your net nearby so that you can uh, grab it and, and uh, bring the fish in. There's a, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I use the Ego Net, not, not an affiliate company with me by any means, but it's one that I have in my bass boat. It's an extendable one. I know a lot of people like to use shorter nets because it's more convenient. But for me, and I've had plenty of times this year where fish has almost jumped off three, four feet away from the kayak, having that longer handle to reach out and not take that sec- couple seconds for that fish to jump off right next to the kayak is so key. Um, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people who can relate to it where you've had a fish jump off right next to it because that's when your line is shorter to the rod, there's a little more freedom, um, not as much bow in your rod. So having a little bit longer net in that scenario definitely helps and definitely, I think, a good tip for people to think about. Well, that is, yeah, that that sounds like some great excitement. Now, tell me what's your best advice about someone wanting to get into tournament fishing? Do they need to have been fishing already? What What helps people get into tournament fishing? Yeah, I think it's, you know, for me... I think it's about, you know, just having a little different scenario in fishing, right? Um, Being able to get put to the test of what you can put out during the day. Um, Definitely the co-angling is definitely the best scenario, as I said before. Um, Learning a little bit more about the ins and outs of tournament fishing. Then from there go into making your own decisions on the fly where getting your own boat or your own kayak, whatever it is. But I gave co-angling about six or seven years before I decided to jump to the front of a boat or into a kayak. And that takes a lot of patience. But I think a lot of that, again, is it came out to what I've been able to learn and do today. Uh, learning from the best, taking the time to work your way up to fishing the big organizations, whether you're wanting to go fish Bass Nation or TBF or fishing from the regional circuits for the West Coast, Wallace Bass Trail, One Bass, uh, Major League Fishing, whatever it is. Uh, I I tell you guys all the time not to rush into it and just kind of let time tell when it's ready to jump to the next one. For me, was winning angler of the year titles um for me i think that's what gave me the confidence in order to move up to the next level and i think it at the end of the day it's also a good financial decision as well because there's a lot of money that goes into it when you start fishing regionally and you don't want to just blow it off right you want to be able to think about long term and making wise decisions for your your financial sake well absolutely and for those who are listening and you're you're thinking about getting into tournament fishing, I'm going to put the Kayak Fishing Northwest website in my show notes. So if you are if you want to look up kayak fishing and you want to know a little bit more about Kayak Fishing Northwest, just look in the show notes. Brandon, I'd like to thank you for coming on the uh, podcast, spending some time with me, and uh, giving us some great tips on fishing. Yeah, thank you, Don, for having me on. It's been a blast, and... Hopefully we can do this one again soon. Oh, absolutely! I think uh, that uh, in in the short term we'll uh, we'll come up with a more focused 
talk. This was kind of in general, but folks, we'll be working a little more on, on kayak fishing here coming up soon before the season starts again. And I hope to have Brandon on again. Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody has any questions that they would like to ask, you know, feel free to hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Brandon HUA.fishing. If you have a website as well, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, always willing to help. I think the important thing about our community is trying to encourage others to join the sport and, you know, make it a more well all-around community for everybody. So I'm willing to teach these seminars all the time. And, you know, it's about growing the sport at the end of the day. Well, I'd like to thank you, Brandon, and we'll talk to you again. And again, I'd like to thank Brandon for being on the show. He has a really great story. He's a really good angler. I've met up with him a couple times. He helped out at the Cast for Kids event back in September. I really think you're going to hear more and more about Brandon as time goes on. Well, help us grow by telling your friends about the podcast that you've heard on Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio. We can be found even on Google. So if you enjoy the show, share it with your friends. For show ideas, email me at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. I'd like to thank everybody. Until next time, this has been Don Clark, Talking Bass and PDX, and I'll see you on the Backcast.